Today on Kingdom Currents, I will be honoring two men who recently went home to be with the Lord. Their lives are testimonies to God's amazing grace, and I want to share it with you today. Welcome to Kingdom Currents. I'm Glenn Schultz, your host, and today I want to pay tribute to two men who had significant influences on not only my life, but also my walk with the Lord. On Saturday, July 2nd, 2022, Dr. Ed Heinsen passed away surrounded by his loving family there in Lynchburg, Virginia. Dr. Heinsen was a gifted Bible teacher and uh, was Dean Emeritus of the School of Divinity at Liberty University, and he was a distinguished professor of religion for over 35 years. It has been said that he has taught Old Testament to over 100,000 students in both live and online classes during his long tenure at LU. I was first introduced to Dr. Heinsohn when he came to Thomas Road Baptist Church with the Life Action Team headed up by the late Del Fazenfeld. Life Action was scheduled to conduct a week of meetings at the church when something amazing happened a little mini-revival actually broke out. I was teaching science at Lynchburg Christian Academy at the time, and the revival uh, didn't really start with the nightly meetings and the adults, but it started in the academy with students. I can remember students coming up to my desk after I presented a normal science lesson and asking me how they could be saved. It was amazing to watch God move in these young lives that disrupted our normal class schedules as they did business with the Lord. This moving of God bled over into the evening services, and over the next couple of weeks, we witnessed hundreds of people repenting of their sins and being saved. Shortly after this set of meetings, Dr. Heinsohn and his family moved to Lynchburg, and he became part of the ministry of Thomas Road Baptist Church and, and what was then called Lynchburg Baptist College. Heinsohn developed an extensive counseling center at the church, and it just so happened that his office was across the hallway from my office where I was serving as high school principal at the time. I cannot count the number of times I would walk into his office and sit down and share with God, with Ed, what God was placing on my heart at the time. His counsel was life-shaping, to say the least. I had developed a love of teaching God's Word and was wrestling with whether or not God was calling me into the pastorate or does he want me to stay in education. It was Dr. Heinsohn's wise counsel that caused me to realize that God could give me opportunity to teach and preach God's word, and at the same time, I could still stay in education as teaching was definitely one of the gifts he had given me. Heinsohn's friendship over the years provided me with counsel and understanding of the Bible that still guides me today. It was so rewarding to watch his funeral service online the other day and hear his family and others share how Dr. Heinsohn's life and ministry impacted them and brought glory to God even in his death. There was another giant of a man who recently entered eternity. When this episode of Kingdom Currents airs, I will have conducted the funeral service of my father-in-law, Lambert Scouton. I had just conducted the funeral for his wife a mere four weeks earlier. 
Dad did not have the robust ministry and the travels that Dr. Heinsohn experienced, but his life story may be an even greater testimony of God's amazing grace and how he uses ordinary people to impact his kingdom in extraordinary ways. The only requirements for greatness in God's kingdom are humility of heart and a surrendered will. (laughs) These were two character qualities that define Dad's life. You see, he was a World War II veteran who, like many of his fellow soldiers, said very little about his experiences in battle. His life was not an easy one, but he was one who never complained and always wanted to serve others. If you had to look at the values that he lived out in his life, there were three main ones, and they were in this order. God first, family next, and country third. Those were the things that were dear to his heart. As I was preparing my message for his funeral, my wife Sharon showed me a birthday card he had sent her several years ago. He wrote something in that card that caused me to stop and think and and understand how he looked at life. He had written these words, Time continues to move on, and moods, situations, and choices change, but God never changes. The future is where we're headed with all the excitement and joys that will be ours. God will not fail us. These words became more meaningful to me as I started researching his life and his experiences overseas during the war. Paul's words in his second letter to Timothy came to my mind, and and they definitely describe Dad. Paul wrote, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Like Paul, Dad understood that the trials and struggles of this life... are not really very much when compared to what lies before us in eternity. I'm wondering if Dad didn't think as he wrote that note to his daughter in that birthday card of what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 4.17, where we find these words, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. However, you know, I knew these truths in Scripture, but they, I didn't really grasp them about Dad until I read a handwritten account of his war experiences that he had penned just a few years ago. I was blown away by what he actually encountered and endured while over there in Europe. You see, Dad was a typical 18-year-old high school senior when the United States declared war on Germany. Even as a high school senior, he was already working an early night shift at Corning Glassworks. By the way, this would be the company from which he would retire 40 years later. He went and was drafted into the Army, and and he wrote how he turned 19 during a grueling 16-day voyage across the stormy Atlantic Ocean as a member of the 28th Infantry Division headed for Britain. There he trained for an invasion of France. And he wrote that it wasn't a question of would we invade France, 
but simply when would we do it? He talks about one training exercise that involved a simulated beach landing off the coast of Wales. He was in this one craft that was going to take them into shore, but due to a severe storm and confusion of orders, he witnessed several of his platoon members suffer broken legs and arms and other injuries while they were still in this landing craft being tossed around by the waves. And because of some misunderstanding about some naval uh, firepower that was being launched to make it a simulated uh, Uh, beach uh, landing, he actually witnessed several other men being killed during the exercise, which caused them to call the exercise off before completion. On June 6th, the 28th Division was called into reserve for the Normandy invasion. It turns out that the 29th Division actually took its place as the ones to first hit the beaches. He learned that the 29th Division suffered 4,000 casualties when they landed on the beach that day. That would have been his division if the orders hadn't changed. His division landed on Omaha Beach a day or two later when the beach was still not secured. Uh, They set up base and were told to set up a post, and they thought they were in a safe area, but All of a sudden, they experienced heavy German bombing as they ended up stationed near an American supply area that was targeted by the Germans for destruction. A little couple days later, on a Sunday morning, his platoon moved to take a small French town, which was a few miles down a a dusty dirt road. At an intersection where he was standing on the road, uh, shots rang out, and the two point soldiers that were leading the the, uh, platoon were hit by enemy fire. Medics were called in a medical half-track with a driver and a doctor arrived to pick up the wounded men. The truck was backing out, and when it passed Dad, it hit a landmine and exploded. The next thing Dad remembered was moving in some kind of a vehicle and hearing someone ask him, How do you feel, soldier? Even though he heard the voice, he couldn't see anyone, and then it dawned on him. He was blind. He felt that he was lying on something, and and he told the medic about it, and the medic reached underneath him, and it turns out he was laying on a hand grenade. He went on to tell the medic that he had three grenades and several rounds of ammunition on his belt. The medic explained that these must have torn away from him when the explosion happened, and, and that most likely saved his life. After three weeks in the hospital, he regained his sight only to see the cuts and bruises all over his body. And then he was startled to see how his face, neck, and arms were black, and particles of stone and dirt were embedded in his skin. He he was able to use a needle and remove the larger pieces of stone, and eventually the smaller pieces worked their way out of his skin. Within five to six weeks of the explosion, he was sent back to his division. His quote-unquote buddies, as he called them, were actually shocked to see him because they thought he had died in the explosion. And they told him and described what actually happened uh, that one dreadful day. Here was the full story. When the half-track hit the mine, it just tore the vehicle apart. 
It, it killed the driver and the two wounded soldiers and seriously wounded the medical doctor that was in the vehicle. It blew my dad up in the air and over a hedge along the road and into a ditch along the road. They had received word it had blinded the soldier that was behind him. When other medical units came to pick up uh, the soldiers, uh, they, they said, get the wounded first, and then we'll pick up the others, those that would be reported killed in action. And there they left my dad lying in the ditch, thinking he was dead. You can imagine their shock and their excitement to see that he was alive. This would not be the last challenging experience he would have during the war. The 28th Division was involved in the Hirschen uh, Forest Campaign when five of them got separated from their unit and were surrounded by Germans behind enemy lines. They remained in that condition behind enemy lines for five days. His family was actually notified that he was missing in action. And you can imagine their excitement and their relief when on a Thanksgiving day they received word that he was back with his unit. He was also involved in the Battle of the Bulge and right after that sent to the city of Colmar, France, only to be attacked by heavy German mortar fire, which resulted in him being injured once more and removed to a hospital for recovery. This time, he was released to the 9th Air Corps Headquarters Military Police because the European War was winding down, and he remained there until the war on that part ended. Even after all of that, he was scheduled to return to the States, get a mere 30-day furlough, and then he was supposed to be sent to the Pacific Theater. Fortunately, before then, Japan surrendered and Dad was discharged from the Army. Dad did not come back from the war to a lot of fanfare. But he came back and he married the love of his life, Joyce Hackett. It's interesting, and I think it's noteworthy uh, to make reference that they just observed their 75th wedding anniversary this past April. He went back to work at Corning Glassworks, and there he raised his four children. He had obtained a few acres of land, built a small modest house, and remained there until he entered a VA care center where he stayed until his death a few days ago. His days here on earth after the war were filled with many changes of situations and moods like he had written to his daughter. But he never wavered from his faith in God because he, got, he knew that God never changes and that God would never fail him. A few years ago, Having survived a broken hip and a broken neck from different falls, he found himself confined to a bed in a wheelchair. I can remember on one visit to the VA center, he said to me that this isn't how he thought his life would come to an end. He didn't want to end life confined to a wheelchair, not being able to do things. But he didn't complain, but he continued to do everything that was in his power to take care of his dear wife and his family. You know, I believe that even though he and Joyce were separated from each other in different adult care centers, he was determined to stay alive so he could take care of the love of his life. And, and once she went to be with the Lord, I think he knew that his time here on earth was coming to a close. 
the, the race that God had given him to run, he had finished. And he had finished it well. He, he had finished it not deterring his, his faith in God and, and his love for his family. The future that he wrote about in that birthday card to my wife, where he would talk about all the excitement and joys waiting for him in the future, that that future is now a reality for him. He now knows the real truth uh, of those words that we read earlier in Paul's letters where he says, what takes place here on this earth is just light affliction compared to the weight of glory that we'll have when we're with God in eternity. You know, it's my prayer that I will finish the race that God has set before me and will end it well, just like my dear friend Dr. Heinsen and my loving father-in-law Lambert Scouten did. You know, I want to thank each of you for listening to Kingdom Currents each week, and I pray that you will experience God's amazing grace like we've seen in today's episode, and that you would experience it each and every day that God gives you here on earth, and that one day you will finish your race and you will hear those words of our Savior that we all want to hear so much. Well done, good and faithful servant. Until then, I pray that you will have a blessed day and that you will continue to put your faith in God and know that he will never fail you. 